Welcome to the New Stack Makers, a podcast where we talk about application, development, deployment, and management. Now on Simplecast. New Relic delivers real-time insights that software-driven businesses need to innovate faster. New Relic makes every aspect of modern software and infrastructure observable so companies can find and fix problems faster, build high-performing DevOps teams, and speed up transformation projects. Hi, this is Alex Williams, founder and publisher of The New Stack. We want to thank you and let you know that we now are on Simplecast. Subscribe and listen on Simplecast and create your own podcast audiograms with our Simplecast player. Share with friends, let the world know the topics and developments that are most important to you. Go to thenewstack.io and subscribe to the all new Makers podcast on Simplecast. All right, it's breakfast time. Yes, it is once again. And we are here for a pancake breakfast day. And the topic is observability. So thank you all for attending today. I'm going to make some quick introductions. But I also do want to say that it is the Newstack's birthday today. So it is our seventh birthday. But I want to just get that out of the way. Um, we're very excited to be doing these pancake breakfasts over the years. So let me just go through and say hello to everyone. Zane Asgar, General Manager of Pixie and New Relic Open Source. He's the CEO and co-founder of Pixie Labs. How are you doing, Zane? Hey, I'm in my kitchen and I've got my pancakes ready to go. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Although, I'm so glad. I know you've been like, I know you've been like, you're, you're the classic pancake breakfast person because at our events, it's usually you eat the pancakes before the, the sessions and the Q&A. Well, they, they didn't really last very long. Like they're <laughs> mostly gone at this point. Good, good. Uh, we have Rupak Venkatakshiran. He's an engineering manager at Bolt. Hey, Rupak, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Um, you know, I, I got done with my pancakes. I only have a uh, hot sauce, which I was eating with some of my pancakes. I like them savory. So, you know, hot sauce is, is always hot sauce always works on pretty much everything. That's my rule. Eeyore Dvoretsky is developer advocate at Cloud Native Computing Foundation. Hi, Eeyore. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, and this is my Pancake dinner, I assume, and I have no pancakes because we're on base. It's 9 p.m. actually. So yeah, yeah, it's a little I'm, late. I'm pancakes. jealous for those people who have pancakes right now in their <laughs> kitchen. I'm not one of them. And Christine Wang, who is with Grafana, Grafana Lab. She's a senior solutions engineer. It's great to have you here, Christine. Yeah, thanks for having me. So hi, everyone. I did bring a spatula and some pancake ingredients back there. I'm dialing in from sunny Los Angeles. I'm kind of in between meals right now, but excited to be here. Well, um, I'm going to just, uh, hey, uh, Rubak, uh, could you uh, pass the hot sauce, please? Oh, maybe the other way, because like, yeah. that machine, there we go. Oh, I think something's been lost in translation there, but you know, we'll we'll live with it. Thanks, thanks so much, Rubak. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you my pancakes here quickly, and then I want to get started with the questions. Can you see them, everyone? 
Oh yeah, oh, those look great. The, the Judy special with the with the berry sauce. I'm gonna save those for later. Now, on with the show. I want to talk about observability. You all have your own various expertise on the topic. It's of real relevance now, in in but especially now, it's becoming something that. I think of in terms of the developer experience and the developer experience is a funny term. Um, really, it's really about what works for the developer and what, you know, what really matters to the developer. And when you think about the whole software, you know, world overall it's relatively young, it's a relatively young space. And so the developer, you know, what matters to the developer, I think has been something that's long been, a uh, challenge and now when new approaches come into force such as observability the challenge becomes there once again and so i'm curious when i think about this and in, in, i'd love to anyone to get uh, an, give an answer here that when you look at a well-run devops team for example what is that observability experience and how does it fit with a DevOps approach? Because a lot of people who are watching this are thinking about that in terms of their DevOps approaches and how it works with the, you know, and how observability plays a part in that. So I'm curious about that and, you know, the use of micro feedback loops, which are becoming, you know, the, the way to go with uh, DevOps and how that affects uh, observability practices. I know it's a pretty broad question, but Zane, why don't we start with you there? I'd love to get your uh, get your thoughts. And before I do that, please ask your questions in the YouTube comments, uh, all, everyone who's joined us. If you ask those questions, we'll be able to answer them uh, f uh, with the group here. So Zane. Yeah, yeah uh, happy to give some, some thoughts on it. I mean, I, for me, fundamentally, like observability is a core part of the development process and experience. Um, you know, I, I'm of the opinion that code should be observed as soon as it's in, in any kind of production environment and even before that. Um, and part of what you know we've been <clears throat> focusing on at, at Pixie, uh, on the Pixie project and also at, at New Relic is getting getting instant visibility so things are, are lit up immediately after things are installed. And you can you know further add like manual instrumentation to your business logic where it is it is important. So you know, get some baseline visibility. Allow developers to go add some more special functionality based on on business business logic and information that's existent, and also uh, be able to codify and script all of these workflows. And it makes it you know the entire part of the the DevOps lifecycle that everything is is managed as code. Uh, to add on to that, I think like you know like there was a focus. Uh, of like, you know, making development super easy. And now we're getting into this part where as people are developing, you want them to be able to debug quicker, see what is going on with their application. So at Bolt, right, like one of the things that our, our team does is actually provide observability tools for other teams as they're building software. And, you know, one of the th one of the big questions we're thinking about is how can we make sure that if there is a bug or if there is something how can they find the problem really quickly? And that's sort of where, you know, traditional observability was like, you have to instrument all of your code and, you know, get that set up so that you can actually look into it. And then now there are tools like uh, Pixie, which, you know, uh, Zane has been working on where you just get, like, you don't have to do anything and then observability comes for free. And the, this is like the direction that I, I think, you know, the tools in general are taking, but 
a, a big part of this is just that teams have to realize that setting up these tools, having observability is a key part of like, you know, serving as a good SRE team or a DevOps team so that other, like other engineers who are actually building tools don't have to worry about it and can just start like working on their core, uh, core product. Yeah, I can I can add from uh, from a bit different standpoint and uh, mostly from from the from the history standpoint. So uh, you know, like uh, CNCF as an organization has been founded around like five plus years ago, and our first and seeding project was Kubernetes. And despite the fact that we have um, a bit less than one hundred projects as of now, the second project that as his joint CNCF was Prometheus. So this was our second. Uh, so Prometheus, like if you don't know what Prometheus is, it's a monitoring tool and obviously the observability tool. So this basically confirms the fact that after using Kubernetes, after like Kubernetes itself, people are looking for some tools that will help them with, with their observability of uh, all, all the all the stuff and all the infrastructure that they are working on in the cloud native environments. So when you think about you know teams that work well or teams that actually really don't don't work well, should they be even thinking about observability if they're even if they're if they're struggling with the developer experience overall? I'm curious, Christine. You know, what point should the team be considering observability? Yeah, uh, great question. So I'm going to break this down in a few parts. So top issues I hear about as a solutions engineer, so I work with customers every single day. Um, issues are teams are reactive during outages and incidents. So instead of being proactive and alerts driven, there's a long time to detect incidents and issues because of cumbersome uh, troubleshooting workflows. And then I hear a lot about silos within organizations and tool sprawl. So it's difficult to know who has access to what information and where everything is. So really unhappy developers and overall a bad developer experience and a desire to consolidate tools and improve efficiency. So um, your other question was, should teams even be thinking about observability? And the answer is absolutely yes. Teams should be thinking about observability because let's not even consider the developer perspective for the moment. Uh, at the end of the day, organizations want to provide the best customer experience they can, which means their developer teams have you know fast feedback loops that we were talking about earlier on the health of their services and can iterate quickly. So to answer the last piece of this, when should they start thinking about observability? So a customer I'm working with uh, has a greenfield project, which is more unusual because typically you are dealing with an established code base. But in their case, I really admire how they are approaching observability, which is as the project is being developed and as a first class component versus an afterthought. So the most sophisticated developers are thinking about observability during uh, product and code design and understand there isn't a one size fits all approach and they want to intimately know their metrics by designing it into code. Yeah. Zayn, oh. yeah, Zayn, I'd love to hear from you, uh, but I want to just remind everyone out there that you can ask your questions in the YouTube comments. So we'd love to get questions from the audience if if you are so motivated. Zane. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree uh, with Christine on this, right? Like observability is like a good engineering practice that that everyone should follow. And I don't think it's too it's ever too early to get get started. Um, ultimately, you know, issues that leak into the production systems or cause outages or performance problems 
really affect the customer experience, um, which Christine pointed out is the most important thing to, to worry about. Um, I also I also think that, you know, like gone are the days where you just like chuck things over the wall and, and hope that uh, things keep running and someone else is going to debug them for you. Um, I think as we move to this very distributed microservices-based world, it's, you know, really managing the entire process and interdependencies and, and getting everything to work is, is the challenge. And having tools and workflows that provide information and make it accessible is, is the, you know, the way of the future. Um, and just to, I guess, just to reiterate, I think, uh, you know, developers are going to be a much more important part of managing production software and as they should be, because they're the ones who are most familiar with, with the actual code base. You know, it reminds me uh, that, you know, we're talking about observability now, but a few years ago, we were talking about monitoring and, you know, and, and monitoring was, you know, what was really what was important. I'm curious if anyone has any perspective of what's really changed since then. Why are we talking about observability now and why is monitoring less discussed? I think it could be um, just a trend where things are going. Observability then became the new buzzword that encompassed way more things than just monitoring, for instance, uh, part of your stack with one tool. Observability is more a practice. I, so I think it's more holistic. And, um, you know, that's that's where I'm hearing it more now is, you know, it is a buzzword, but I think it, it is fair that it is a buzzword right now. And it's uh, very exciting because it's much more inclusive and it goes much deeper uh, within the teams it's not just one part of uh, monitoring. It, it's a practice. It's a philosophy, and it's a culture. Yeah, I. Yeah. I, I, I no, sorry. I think you're probably saying something. Go ahead. Go, for it. go ahead, Zane. Yeah, I, I was going to say I, I agree with that. I mean, to some degree, you know, it's a buzzword. Like industries pick new words to show how things are evolving. Um, I think there was probably a connotation with monitoring, uh, at least for developers. You know, I, I can speak as a software developer that oh, monitoring is someone else's problem. I'm gonna I'm gonna write my code ship it out, someone's going to monitor it and let me know if something breaks, right? And I think as Christine said, observability is really a, a practice, right? It's like, how do you actually build your code to make it easier to, to understand and, and you know, really observe in, in production environments and be able to debug, uh, debug your software? Yeah, uh, I definitely second this point. And I would also add that monitoring is... Um, let's call it a fraction of observability. So observability is something like the wide umbrella where not only monitoring fits in, but also such practices as tracing, logging, and similar, similar ones. So when we're speaking about observability, we're definitely speaking about monitoring itself as well. Eeyore, I want to turn the question back to you again. And... You know, it, you know, if monitoring is a, you know, is a, like some aspect of observability, how do you see in your work across the Cloud Native Computing Foundation, how do you see teams managing observability platforms? And how are they using service level uh, objectives to align? SLOs become another term that's getting a little buzz these days. 
Uh, SLO is definitely becoming a little buzzy. I yeah. completely agree with you, Alex. Yeah, so uh, I would say uh, I would not only focus on the teams, but I would focus on the global trends that um, that I see from my standpoint and like in a global uh, cloud native ecosystem. And uh, it's uh, essentially the same, um, the same words that I said like two minutes ago about monitoring versus uh, observability and monitoring and observability versus practices like um, like tracing, like logging and uh, like and, and the related and related practices. I would say that um, in the pre-cloud native life, people have been uh, definitely uh, people and teams, obviously, uh, the development teams have been definitely focused on some uh, specific uh, aspects of their uh, of their production environments that had to had to work in some way or not to work in some way. Uh, specifically, when we're speaking about some monolithic and um, less grain structured platforms as we had before. But in the uh, cloud native age, when we have uh, complex systems that consist from the distributed microservices systems, for example, they may, they may have um, hybrid and um, heterogeneous structure. Uh, we definitely see uh, the wider variety of tools that are being used and these tools are becoming way more complex. Yeah, it's the complexity that just that I hear about a lot. You know, we hear about yeah. Well, because the systems have become way more complex, so it's 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 obvious. <laughs> you know, and I was reading a, a a introduction to a book on on deep learning, and in the book, they the the author uh, talked Andres Rodriguez of Intel. He he talks about the computations uh, that are scaling exponentially uh, for algorithms. Uh, so every three to four months, there's a new kind of exponential increase in the number of computations uh, that um, you see in algorithms. And uh, that then relates to then all the different other aspects of what makes applications run or what makes you know, uh, algorithms run. You're you're looking at hardware issues, you're looking at compilers, you know, you're looking at a whole range of you know issues that people face. And Christine, I'm I know at Grafana, you're 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 looking at a lot of different sources of, of data. You're looking at uh, Prometheus, for example. So, what is the scale of the data that you're starting to see there when you hear you talk about this complexity? Yeah, a lot. So I think that's um, why Grafana Labs has worked on projects or is working on projects such as Prometheus and Loki, which is our open source logs aggregator and Tempo, which is our tracing backend is the uh, the complexity has increased a lot and the ability giving the ability for um, developers to collect whatever they want and not have to discriminate and collect these high velocity telemetry um, at the lowest price point possible. So I think that's, you know, what we're enabling our customers to do and our users is you really need to democratize this for everyone as things get more complex and you're getting these uh, micro feedback loops you really have to make telemetry as uh, free as possible in every sense hmm. 
Zane, when you think about that complexity, what was it like when you started your company? You were you were working at you know you were saying beforehand you were in graduate school. You were uh, beginning to develop a service, and you then saw the need for observability. What was the striking aspect of what was needed then, and how's it changed? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I guess you know I, I took a few detours in the middle. I also was at uh, Google working in, in Google's AI um, mm -hmm. AI team. Ah, so you know um, what I'm talking about. Yeah, and um, you know I part of part of my learning process over here was obviously seeing some of like Google's internal tools around around debugging, but also um, I spent a lot of time working with with Borg just to get our own services deployed on them, right? And as a software developer in that space, kind of was like, well, what kind of tooling would, would I like to have? Um, and managing at scale systems um, is is painful at times, right? There's a lot of stuff to watch out for. There are a lot of things to go, um, to go at and one of the biggest challenges that I always had is someone would flag to me that there was some issue in, in production and I'd be like, please give me some information so I can actually debug it. <laughs> um, and you know, like I'm sure I'm not unique in this, but a lot of software developers just feel a little bit of dread when someone comes to them with a production issue. One, because yeah. you feel really bad that you know you're probably broken something that other people are consuming, and you know, it's like, did I do a bad job on this? Um, and the other aspect is like, please let me know how I can help fix it. And then you typically run into this problem where, you know, you make some changes and the problem doesn't occur anymore, only to be only to pop up again a couple couple of weeks later, right? Because some, a lot of problems are intermittent. Um, so part of you know what we started to do with Pixie was actually allow people to go and you know add like dynamic logging to their their application code. So they're like, oh, like. Let me know what the arguments of this function are, just so that I can, you know, debug it right away without having to redeploy, wait for a week or two while things get out in production. Um, so ultimately, I think in terms of just the process, developers really want a system where they can get instant visibility in the production data, so they don't feel as as helpless. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. <laughs> That's all right. Um, I, Libby Clark, our editorial director, has a question. She wants to know, what is the developer experience today in observability tools? You mentioned custom instrumentation. Are developers you know, doing that? Who wants to take this one? I can. Uh, I can take part of it. Uh, so what I see typically what developers do, I'd say half and half. Uh, some people, um, you know, really like the out of the box solutions. They have really great uh, platforms such as Datadog and New Relic. And it, it, in a lot of ways, it's, it's an easy button. You get these uh, beautiful dashboards, you instrument, there's a lot of auto instrumentation and it lets you retrofit after the code base has been established. But um, we also see a lot of developers who want to really know their metrics and want to intimately understand how things are connected and, and want to design custom metrics and get the most out of their uh, metrics. And they, you know, they don't believe that one site uh, fits all. So I think, you know, it's a combination of both, uh, depending on the maturity of the teams, uh, who who is spearheading this and what they believe in ultimately. What they believe in ultimately. That's the question I want to know. What do you believe in, Rupak? What's, what's your belief system here? Yeah, I think like this is one of those questions where like, you know, like to exactly like uh, what Christine was saying, you start off with uh, dashboards that come out of the box. You start understanding how the system is and what it sort of gives you. 
And then you start moving into a place where you're like, oh, it would be nice if we could have that. So recently, you know, we had set up tracing at Bolt and, you know, it was just kind of working. And then, you know, everybody kept adding a little bit of tracing. And one of our engineers was like, okay, we've got to connect all these systems just so that we can intimately see every part of like, you know, as it goes through various different applications. And so we changed that around. We added a lot of effort in there uh, to get the monitoring in place. Uh, and then there are times when you just want to explore, see what's available. And that's sort of where, you know, the new aid systems like Pixie was just like, which just come out of the box, give you a lot of interesting things. So I think you're going to start off in a place where for exploration, you want uh, tools that let you explore dynamically, and then you want some things in specific ways. And then you bring in a tool or you bring in a, uh, you bring in something where you manually go and instrument it. And uh, that gives you the best of both worlds. So, uh, what else? What else are what? Uh, I'm curious on this topic on belief systems because if it goes to the heart of uh, you know really why we're why we're here and what it is that we're really trying to achieve. How how do you view a, a belief systems or in terms of observability and in the context of what you see across projects? We talked about complexity, but with complexity, you got to have to believe in what in, in really in some core you know, core understand, you have to have some core understandings of, of what you're doing clearly. But what about that developer experience? What do you believe about the developer experience that is really needed in observability? Well, I would say that uh, what is really needed for the developer experience is actually less complexity. So uh, the less complex tools uh, can allow can allow you to solve more complex tasks because you don't have this extra overhead of dealing with some unknown tool, which is which, for example, may have some lacking documentation, or you just basically can get uh, intuitively to. And uh, from there, as as a person who who believes in open source, I wish I could see more open source projects in this field, mm. but more mature open source projects. And obviously I would like to see more products that are focused on the end users that are based on these open source tools. So those tools that uh, could be could be easily uh, consumed out of the box, uh, they, those can, those, uh, that can be easily used as, as the solid products, even they can be commercial tools. Like it's it, it's a big benefit for a tool if it's a commercial tool, but it's based on, um, uh, on on some open source tool that has been developed by the open source maintainers. So again, I believe in less complexity for these tools, which will empower people to use them way more intensively, way more actively, and with their with the way better experience. So I'd like to finish it up and ask uh, Zane a question, and then open it up to every, you know to to the rest of rest of y'all. So, what are the emerging challenges that observability practices face now in terms of the developer experience? Zane, what do you see as emerging? What do you what are you expecting over the next you know twelve to eighteen months as a challenges that you'll will start to see more of? Yeah, um, I think for us you know, part of the thing that we're focused on is just how do we change observability into a little bit more of an active, active process. Um, and, you know, what that really means, at least to me, is that we're actively using it to like debug problems, 
uh, and not just like looking at at dashboards and, and metrics. And you know, one of the things that we've been focused on, and you know, hopefully collaborating with others on, is is this ability to like write scripts that are like entire like debug flows. So you can start like codifying like debugging knowledge into a set of workflows that the team can the team can use. Um, and I think it'll be you know it'll be a challenge to like try to figure out exactly how that fits into everyone's workflows and how those things can be built and maintained in the, in the community uh, as a whole. Rupak? Yeah, I, I think, so one of the things I'm like, you know, a huge like proponent of is like local development. And the thing that I say is like, whatever, you know, whenever, however you deploy your application, you should be able to test the same thing locally. And like the, the part of it that I find very interesting is like, you know, we're starting to get observability in the space where we deploy our applications. And one of the things that we found out while developing recently was like, you know, one of my engineers was actually able to spin up Datadog and send, uh, you know, actually use observability even locally to debug their problems. Now, it it seems like, hey, is this actually required or is this overkill? And one of the problems that I see coming is like, you know, as you develop with more distributed applications, today we're into, uh, integrating Temporal uh, into our systems and, you know, we're, we're de like developing with it locally as you start working with a lot more third parties, you want observability to work across your third parties as well as within your systems in a, in a way which developers don't have to think about it at all. Um, and you know, those are some of the problems that, that, you know, that I think uh, are gonna be difficult or hard to solve in that. And I'm, and I'm really hoping that you know, people are looking into them in the couple upcoming months. That, that is actually one of the things that I think is like hardest about the, the Kubernetes ecosystem is just when you're developing stuff and you have to go deploy to some like external server and it's, you know, makes your debug loop like maybe like five minutes instead of 10 seconds. And that has a huge overhead and impact on just like your productivity of getting things done. Oh, interesting. That is a challenge. Any, any last comments, Christine? We'd love to just hear your perspectives before we roll. Um, challenges. Well, you know, uh, not empowering developers to use the tools that they want to do. So uh, frequently what, or sorry, what they want to use is frequently the issues I see is uh, the exec team wants to buy a different platform or tool and implement a different tool than what the developers want. And so it's really letting your developers lead that decision and that conversation and empowering your developers so that they can work with the tools they want to use. And that's how organizations will hire and retain the best talent. Well, on that note, I'm going to just give a, a spatula round of applause right there. I like that. Give the give the developers what they want. We could probably like make that a, a cheer of some kind. I want to thank everyone for joining us for this conversation today. And thanks to everyone who joined us uh, in the audience. Um, we uh, would love to uh, hear from you. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. My name is Alex Williams, founder and publisher of The New Stack. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Zane, great work with Pixie. I'd love to see what you're doing there, Zane Asgar. Rupak, really great to have you. I, I, uh, I'm hoping I can convert that, uh, that, uh, that syrup back to hot sauce, but you know, this kind of thing has happened in Star Trek, I'm sure. So we'll have, you know, I'm sure by the, in the next 30 minutes, we'll be able to figure it out. Uh, Eeyore. You are a superstar of the uh, cloud native world. Thank you so much for joining us. And Christine, you know, you brought your spatula, you, you brought your knowledge. Thank you so much. And 
we look forward to seeing you all soon in in maybe in a galaxy far far away in person thanks for listening subscribe on simplecast to listen to more episodes on the new stack makers create and share your favorite audiogram using our simplecast player for more articles and great stories go to the newstack.io New Relic delivers real-time insights that software-driven businesses need to innovate faster. New Relic makes every aspect of modern software and infrastructure observable so companies can find and fix problems faster, build high-performing DevOps teams, and speed up transformation projects. Hi, this is Alex Williams, founder and publisher of The New Stack. We want to thank you and let you know that we now are on Simplecast. Subscribe and listen on Simplecast and create your own podcast audiograms with our Simplecast player. Share with friends, let the world know the topics and developments that are most important to you. Go to thenewstack.io and subscribe to the all-new Makers podcast on Simplecast.